Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. So good tonight. So good to be here. I've got like way more time than I expected. I should have prepared a lot more jokes for you guys. I mean, I was like cutting all my jokes out. And, uh, you know, I had one service I was preaching and I was really funny that week. And uh, like a couple months later, I was preaching again. They were like, you weren't, you weren't near as funny that time. Like we, we expected more from you. So feel a little pressure on that. You know, once you, get, once you become the funny guy, like, you know, people kind of expect it. But, you know, Joaquin, the other day we were in a meeting and he goes, that was not just a dad joke. That was a dad pastor joke. Like, and I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I love social media because that's where this whole idea of dad jokes came in. I mean, it's like a renaissance for dads, right? I mean, you, you, dads have always been funny. We always tell jokes to our, to our family and they're like, oh, dad, that's horrible. And they're always bad, right? But now we've got this world platform to tell our jokes, right? <laughs> And so, um, and I'm going to be talking about a world platform. I'm going to be talking about the local church, but um, I really want to talk about the global church. You ever heard the term glocal? The global church. I didn't make that up. So there's a whole uh, deal out there of globalization of the world. And um, that term, it's, it came out of sociology. It was adopted. The term glocal was adopted by uh, the Japanese, and they used it to describe their local, global marketing strategies. And so that's where the word global comes from. And um, when you talk about being global, you, you, think, you think globally, but you're acting locally. And so um, it's a really powerful term, and there's, there's some books out there. There's a guy named Bob Roberts, a believer, that's written some great books on uh, the global church and the, the power of that and has done some real um, amazing things. But the, the simplest way to think about globalization or global is that interconnection between the global and the local. And it's the local being shaped by what's happening globally, but it's also what's happening globally being shaped by what's happening locally. Yeah. All right? And so the church should look not just through a local lens or a global lens. The church, we should be looking through a global lens as we approach the world. And we need to understand that the church is not just global and local. It's really multidimensional. Did you know that? Um, uh, it's, it's global, yes. There's the global church. There's a church that exists all over the world. And if you've had ever had an opportunity to travel and go see what God's doing around the world. There are some amazing churches. There are amazing people, in, even in some of the hardest places in the world. I, I traveled twice to Pakistan, and I was astounded at the church and the believers in that country that are under constant persecution and constant threat of death. When someone gets saved in their service, they're not sure. They, they ask them a lot of questions because Usually if someone gets saved, they have to actually take them in to their homes, into the community, because once that happens, they're going to be disowned, possibly killed. 
And so they have to take them in. So their questions are like probing to make sure they're not a spy that's actually going to get them all put in jail. And so just there's this global thing that God is doing all around the world. I remember I went to a village in Pakistan where there was this group of of believers that would pray. There was about 10 of them, small village. They were known for healing. Joaquin would love these guys. <laughs> and, I, and they were known, like they would pray and people were just getting healed left and right. In a village, I don't even know its name. I don't even remember the name of anyone in that village. They, the church there was so powerful. It was small, but powerful. And I remember I thought, man, I, I need these guys to pray for my grandmother who had cancer. And they prayed. Did you know my grandmother got healed of cancer? She had a, she had a tumor in her body that disappeared, right? And so God's working globally, and we need to get in on it. We need to understand how to affect it, but we need to let it also affect us. I, you know, God's sending missionaries to the United States. He's sending powerful people to the United States, so we need to, we need to think like that. But the church is global. It's also local, right, in the sense of the church in Austin, and then there's individual uh, communities and congregations in Austin, and so it's local in, in that way. But, um, but it also exists in the heavenly realm. Amen? You know, we're seated in heavenly places. So the church, we're in two places at once. We've also got the believers who have died and gone before us. We've got the cloud of witnesses, right? And so the church is multidimensional. And I want you to, I want us to understand the local church. We've got to understand that it's really a global church. And we've got to understand that it's actually multidimensional to actually understand what it is. Amen? It gets more exciting when you think of it that way, right? Um, Ephesians, and so you can't talk about the church. You can't talk about the local church, the global church, the, the church that exists, the, the reality of, of he, in heavenly places. You can't talk about it without talking about Ephesians. How many like the book of Ephesians? Powerful book. It's actually my favorite book of the Bible. It's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's amazing. The way, the way Paul wrote it, it's, it's really like a work of art. I know Dana loves words, as you heard earlier, and it's a work of art, really, with words. It's so powerful. If Paul wrote uh, Romans, which is, if that's the king of the epistles that he wrote, uh, Ephesians is known as the queen of the epistles. It's just, it's this beautiful work of art, and uh, he wrote it um, from prison to the Ephesians, to the church at Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey, and you can actually go visit the runs there, and that'll change your life. If you ever get a chance, if you're ever in Turkey, make sure you go. And he gives this very high, amazing view of the church, and then later in the book, he takes it down into a local level. And so I think it's important to understand as we look at this, there was no conflict in the early church, I believe, between local and global of what was happening globally. In other words, some people, you get this in church, it's like, man, we just need to focus more on the local. Like, we just got to take care of that. Yes, that's true. And then, but other people are like, no, forget the local, man. This thing's global. Like, I'm out there taking revival all over the place. Forget the local. But we miss it when we do that. There's really no conflict between those things. We, we actually don't have to have one or the other. 
We can have both, but we can get in a mindset sometimes where we're like, man, if we just take more care of this, or if we just do more missions, or if we would take not do more missions, but take care of the local, let's do both. Let's do all. Let's be local. Let's be, I got to stop saying that. It's a funny term, but anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Ephesians 3. Let's just look at that. Uh, verse 8. Very powerful. I preached on this here before, parts of this. But I felt like it was important to get us. I'm going to talk about the local church in a moment. But I, I felt like it was important to get us in this mode where we actually understand the purpose of the church. You can't be a good citizen of the church. You can't be a contributor, really, unless you understand what you're contributing to. Unless you understand the purpose for which we come together for why we're here. And in verse 8, Paul said this to me, though I am very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to bring in verse 9, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Verse 10, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So we see in this powerful passage, beautiful language here, that Paul talks about how it was given to him to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And so the gospel, so these riches without end that are in the gospel. The message that we carry is unsearchable. It is, it, it is so high. It is so deep. It never ends. It is limitless, the gospel. And this is the message. This is why we are here. This is what we carry. This is what the local church carries. This is what the global church carries. This is what the local church carries is the unsearchable riches of Christ that have been deposited inside of us and that have changed us into a new creation, something completely different. This is what we carry. This is what we're here for. Amen. And so verse, and then it keeps going and he talks about this plan, the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God. So we need to understand that we are a part of something that was actually hidden that's been revealed in Jesus. That gets exciting, right? And what I'm trying to do is give you a value, a higher value for what your understanding of what the church is. Because if your value increases, then it changes how you approach it. Amen. All right. And so the, this, this mystery that was hidden for ages has been revealed in Jesus. And this is this mystery. That through the church, this is powerful, that through the church, that through you and me, that through the church all around the world, that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. This is powerful. This is who we are. And the word manifold there means an intricate pattern. It would have been, in the first century, it would have been like the, the intricate embroidery that would have been on, on garments of wealthy people is how that would be described. And so that the manifold wisdom, this intricate pattern is being revealed to rulers, 
to darkness, to rulers, to, to all these rulers, to all these beings in heavenly places, that the, that the intricate pattern, the wisdom of God is being revealed through who? The church. Amen? And so it describes something magnificent that we are a part of. Past, you could say it like this. I like to kind of write my own paragraph of, try this sometimes, take a scripture and then just take what's in it and write your own little paragraph about it. It's really powerful. But here's, here's how I'd say this. The church, the, the local church, past, present, future, heavenly realm, is bringing forth the mystery of the unending, unsearchable, unlimited riches of Christ so that God's intricate wisdom might be displayed to the rulers into the heavenly places. It's like as if the Father wants to say through the church to the powers of darkness, look at what my son did. That's us. We look, look. God's got us in, he's got us in these heavenly realms. We're seated there, but he's got us on display. He's got us on display. He's showing the enemy that he has defeated who we are. He's showing through us his wisdom. Amen. That's what I call like a high view of the church, right? And so it's really powerful. And it increases your value when you understand that you're a part of something so magnificent. It, it changes how you approach things. It, it actually, if you'll let this get inside of you, it will change how you actually approach relationships. It, it'll change what you do when you're in conflict. It'll change. It, if put, put it through this grid and you'll go, whoa, wait a second. I am a part of something that is magnificent. And God has called me to walk in that magnificence. Amen. And we, so we sit at this point as the church, we sit at this, this nexus, right? This between heaven and earth. That's where we sit. And Ephesians 2.21 says that in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple, talking about us. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And so God is building us together. He's stitching us into this intricate pattern as a dwelling place for his presence. And that's how he has us on display. That's how he is showing wisdom, that he's, he's putting us together. He's putting us together as his people into a, into a house for his presence. And if you talk about local church, let's just talk about that a little bit. There's around 33 local churches mentioned in the Bible. And um, in Ephesians, this, this high view of the church, this understanding of God's purpose of what he's doing, we got to understand this. It's worked out at the local level, all right? And so the pattern that God weaves happens in the context of the local church. It's why it's so important that, that you are a part of a local church. And if this is not your church, then I would encourage you to make sure that you're in a local church. It's super important. It's not really something that should be optional for the believer because it's in community. That community is the nexus for heaven to earth. Yes. 
It's community. It's, it happens in community. It happens as God stitches us together into his house. Amen? That's what brings heaven to earth. And it's really important that we're weaved into the local church. It's really important that we don't just attend church. Amen? Don't just, don't just be an attender. Get weaved in to wherever God has called you. All right? Get weaved in. And you, let me just say this. You can't really be a part of the global church, the ecclesia, the gathering, if you're not a part of the local church. Now look, you could be a believer and not be a part of either one of those in a sense, right? Because the ecclesia is the gathering, right? You could be a believer, but I want to say this. If you're, not being, if you're not weaving in or if you think that you can just be a part of global church, but you don't have to commit your life into a local church, you're immature, right? So it's time to get mature and it's time to get weaved in, amen? And... Um, and we need to understand as we get weaved in that the primary role of the church is not to meet our needs. Right? We approach, here's how we often approach church. It's like, what can they, what can they give me? What's in it for me? How can they help me? And look, some of these things are good, right? Like, how can they help me grow? Or the, I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying that the church won't meet your needs, but it's the wrong approach to, to approach it from a, an angle that like, what can I get out of this? That's not the way you should start or end. Amen? And so the church is actually an opportunity for you to meet the needs of others. That's the local church. It's the opportunity for you to meet the needs of others. Can you imagine if we would approach it that way? Look, we're human. We all, I get it. Sometimes I'm, I'm needy, right? I need something. And it's okay at times to be in need because here's the reality, that God will supply our needs through other people. But if we, if we approach it that we all have, we're just all needy, what's going to happen? Nobody's going to be giving anything. It's just need, 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 Right? And so I don't, wanna, I don't want to anyway downplay if you find yourself in need, this ch church, your local church, should be helping and help, helping you in that need, whatever that is, right? But, but I am here, I'm in this church because I want to help others with their need, amen? And so how I view the local church defines my relationship with it. And if I don't view it the right way, I'll just attend, or I won't, I'll just, I'll never give, I'll just always take something out. And it's okay to take something out, but God wants us to give more in than we take out. Amen. He wants us to learn how to give, not, not just receive. And so um, it only works, look, the, the, the church only works if we participate. And let me, let me say this, the church works better the more people that participate. Everything that we do works better if more people participate, right? And so it's important that we participate. It's important that we're a part. It's important that you're giving in. It's important that you're sowing into your local, the local church that you're a part of. Amen? Amen. 
It won't work without participation. I mean, you could fill a building, you could do some messages, but it won't work. The, the way that God's designed it, that intricate pattern that he's weaving to be a house for his presence only works if we participate. And the more people that participate, the better it gets. Right? Amen. Um, but I want to I I do something here. Um, you know, Stacy and I, we're kind of hitting that point. I'm kind of getting to the, used to the idea that I might be a grandparent sometime. At first, I was like, no, man, I'm not that old. No, or, I'm a grandparent. What are you talking about? But I'm kind of starting to get in that mode, you know? You know that mode where you want to be a parent? Well, I want to be a grandparent now. And so um, Stacy and I are, you know, we're working at this. I mean, I have one daughter that, I have three kids, and I've got one that's married, the other two aren't. One, she's still in school, she doesn't get married. My son, we gotta get, we gotta get him taken care of, but, you know, and the sole purpose is that so I can have a grand, grandkids, right? My oldest, like, I'm like, look, do y'all understand the assignment? You, you got something to do, you know, and, um, and so I, I found, like, here's what I do, it's like, Hey, let me send this cute picture of this baby, like on Instagram. Like, look at that man. Isn't that cute baby, right? Oh, that's cute. It's really cute. And uh, let's talk about cute baby. We even borrowed Jasper one time, and we're like, hey, we got our baby, Jasper. Look, we're, we're practicing to be grandparents, right? And uh, that's Ben and Janessa's son, and, and uh, we have fun with him. So, yeah, we are practicing. Like, we're getting ready. And uh, we're like, y'all better get busy, like, over there. Y'all need, need to do something. And, you know, we don't send them pictures of, like, screaming babies, right? Or the fact that, you know, no sleep or, you know, those funny memes about the parents getting no sleep. Don't send them that one. No, 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 no. They don't need that one. Dirty diapers, destruction of property. No, we don't. In fact, you know, we don't, we don't send anything like that. And, you know, it's amazing, though, right? So, so having kids, babies, all that stuff, it, it can get kind of crazy, but... God is smart. Do y'all know that? Like, he made babies so cute that you actually want one, right? You're like, oh, a baby, I want a baby. Like your brain, the side of your brain shuts off of how much, what a commitment that is, man. It is, it is a lot. It's been a long time since we had young kids. Some of you parents, I pray for you in tongues, right? It's like you, you're literally exhausted, and you are running and going, God bless you. I want to tell you, it will, the seasons will change, right? And all your work is going to bear fruit. And your kids are going to be able to do stuff on their own one day. It's, it's going to be amazing. And, uh, but he, not, not only is he smart, he made them cute, but he also made it fun to make one, right? <laughs> now, so, now some of you, some of you might not know what I'm talking about, but I know this is G-rated here, but... I mean, God's smart. He made it fun. Why? Because, listen, listen, there would be a lot less kids in the world if he didn't make them cute or fun to make. I mean, there would not, I mean, there would be like 90% less population probably, right? So, because, look, it's like a commitment, and it's a, it's a lot, it, it's a lot. Like, I'm still raising my kids at some level, right? Why am I saying all this? Because I needed, I, I think there's a point somewhere in here. I think. 
I got, I'm doing this tomorrow morning, so I hope it, I'm going to try to make it funnier. It's, you're not supposed to do the same jokes, but I'm going to. So if you're here. Uh, but listen, so here's the thing. I've been a part, I've pastored, worked in six, six different churches as an adult. And that's, that's like a lot. I never, you know, I thought, oh, I'd be in one place 20 years. But God, just the call and the path that he's had us on were six different churches, different cities, different season, all unique expressions, all had strengths, all had weaknesses, all had glorious moments, and all had very difficult moments. Every single one of them. I mean, it's, I mean, glory, glory time, presence, power, testimonies, all of them had that, but they all had difficult moments as well. And, um, and I met, I've met some amazing people on, on our, on our journey in the local church, being a part of the local church in New York. Um, I'll never forget Laverne. Laverne was in her, probably her seventies, right? Like we, so guys, we didn't have a drummer. And so Laverne's, she's from the Bronx, tough lady, had a tough life. I mean, she was, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? But a beautiful heart. Yeah, you do. And I mean, the Bronx is like, the Bronx is pretty tough. It really is. It's like the, the tough New York. And so, but Laverne, what I loved about Laverne was this. Laverne saw that we needed a drummer. So you know what Laverne did? She went and took drum lessons. So guys, we put Laverne on the drums after she'd been like three months in, in lessons. And I'm telling you what, she was not that good. But my favorite drummer ever. I, I, lo I just loved it. I was like, I don't care. I mean, she could, you know, she got better. She went, but I mean, we weren't making albums. I'll tell you that, right? Like we were not, but it was beautiful. Why? Because Laverne was, was contributing and that's kind of a side story, but, but Laverne was awesome. I mean, look, she, she saw something that needed to happen that we didn't have. And she's like, I'll do it. Listen, I admire that. I admire that. I mean, you know, you may not be that good at something, but you're like, I need, I, need to, I need to do that because no one else will do it. You know what? You'll get better at what you're doing if you'll do that. Anyway, that's a sidetrack. But, but anyway, I want to say this. I want to, if we made a brochure, right, for the newcomer dinner um, or the connection table, you know, if we got really honest, I hope y'all ready for this, right? We just like, we got really honest with what local church is like. Now y'all hang with me, okay? I don't want to make you uncomfortable. But if I told you like, hey, welcome to Bethel Austin, you know, probably in the next two years, you're probably going to be in a disagreement with someone in the church. Um, or, you know, if I said, hey, there's probably going to be some misunderstandings here with someone at some point, right? Or, uh, or the, hey, there's going to be moments you feel frustrated being here. You're not even sure why you're here. You know, what if that was our brochure? Or, um, or you know, hey, hey, sometimes, I just want to prepare you, sometimes we have attitudes, right? Sometimes we have bad attitudes. This is Bethel Austin. Everybody's, we never have a bad attitude here, you know? But we do. Sometimes, I just want to tell you, if you're new tonight, sometimes we have bad attitudes, right? And, uh, and, and sometimes uh, people don't always act like they should act. Look, sometimes I don't act like I should act, right? Um, at times. Um, again, moments, there may be moments you think, why? I don't even want to be here. Um, I don't know if I want to say this one. There might, well, I'm going to avoid this one, right? Maybe tomorrow. 
get this one on film. Are you sure? Are you sure? Tonight's probably, and then Joaquin can tell me if I can do it on camera. Uh, someone might even poop in their pants, right? I mean, and you might be the one to have to clean it up, basically. So uh, leaders, look, leaders at times may make the wrong decision. Oh, what? What? Okay. Uh, there may be times you serve, you have to serve and you just don't feel like it. Um, yeah, uh, there's times when you might need to give where, where, it, where it hurts. Um, in fact, Bethel Austin might be the hardest thing you've ever done. That could be our tagline, right? So look, I'm making a point with this. Local church, local church, if we're going to get real, is, is, is not, not always easy, right? I mean, it sounds like the minivan of a family vacation, we got misunderstandings, we got frustration, we got people fighting in the back, we got food, we got messes everywhere, we got crying, that's what it sounds like, right? But here is the reality, this is life, guys. If we're, this is, when you talk about family, this is family. This is family. I mean, it, it gets messy and it gets frustrating and it's like, why is this person, why do they, this is, you know, it's, it, it happens. And if you're in close relationship with people, there will be times there will be conflict. Yeah. It's going to happen. In fact, I, you know, I, I, I found in ministry with like being on staffs and stuff, sometimes I, you got to go through it sometimes with each other. And at the end, when you're still together, the beautiful thing is, you know, you're together. Yeah. Right? When I had a disagreement and I'm like, man, you made me so mad. I, this, I'm so upset. But, I, but we, somehow we work through it and we stay together. I know that like you're, you're, we're together, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, sometimes it takes that, right? And so, but what if I also told you on the other side of the brochure, maybe put this on the front of the brochure, that those same people that were in frustration, that were in conflict, that were pooping in their pants. <laughs> I don't think I'm doing, I'm not doing that on the film. I don't, I don't need a viral video, all right? So I am not, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm not. So that, you know, that'll end up as a meme and I'm not, not. But what if I told you that those same people were created in the image of God? That those people, including myself in this, are, are a work in progress. That they're actually being made into something that's brilliant. That person sitting next to you. That, that you're going to experience these amazing moments of kindness and humility and, and mercy together. Um, that you're going to experience moments as, um, of people repenting for not acting like they should. You're probably most likely going to experience where you're the one doing the repenting for not acting like you should for not acting to the level that God has called us to. Amen? Um, there's there's going to be astounding generosity that you're going to experience. There's going to be patience gained. Patience, patience, patience with one another. Patience with each other gained as we walk together. There's going to be freedom Oh, I love this one. There's going to be moments 
that you experience the presence of God, that you experience his liquid love together in a way that you could never experience it on your own. There's a powerful, yeah, Renee's like, that's the, that's the tagline. So that, and, and that's the truth, right? Like the presence of God is experienced in a way. I love to spend time alone with the Lord, but there's something that I experience corporately that I, I don't get alone. Why? Because he's building a house, right? And so, so there's going to be friends made. That, you, that down the road, you could never imagine your life without them in the local church, amen? The love of God permeating everything, heaven rejoicing over us, Jesus weeping for joy over what he's seeing happen in our hearts, amen? And let me just say, in the end, it's all worth it. All the things that happen in family, that are uncomfortable, that feel, don't feel great, in the end, they're all worth it because God is making something brilliant and he's working his life inside of us. And sometimes things come out that we have to deal with and it's important that we deal with and the only way that they're dealt with is in family. I, I don't really, I mean, I can't tell you how the body of Christ and friendships and relationships and doing ministry has shaped me. I am not, listen, I am not the same 25-year-old kid that started in ministry 25 years ago. I'm not the same person that I was. And 50 years from now, I won't be the same person that I am now. I'm declaring 50 years. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. Amen. Y'all with me? So, <clears throat> see if I want to do this part. I may not do this tomorrow. We'll see for time. But Thess the Thessalon uh, Thessalonians, God called them an echo of heaven, that they were being sounded forth everywhere. But he also said that, that, to make to make your love for one another and for all the people grow and overflow was Paul's prayer for them. That the love of God would overflow. Again, at Ephesus, he said he talked about this dwelling place for his spirit, but he also told them that they should be rooted and grounded in love and walk in love as Christ loved. That's what he told the church. These are these were local churches, right? The the church at, at Corinth. He said that the kingdom of God doesn't exist in just talk, but also in power. But then he goes on to say, so faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. This is what he's speaking to these local congregations. Colossians says to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And he also told them, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. In Philippians, he, Paul talked about their citizenship being in heaven, which when you break that down in the Greek, what he's actually talking about is he, he was talking about that they were actually a colony of heaven in the earth and that their citizenship was here, but they are here in the earth as a colony representing the power and the culture of heaven, which is really powerful when you look at that. 
So, and he made this upward call, but he also prayed for them that their love would overflow still more and more. Romans said, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. We're kind of getting to the brass tacks, right? Most of these letters that Paul wrote and most of the letters in the New Testament, a lot of the letters were dealing with what? The conflicts, the problems, the issues. And Paul was calling them to align with heaven and to come up into that call to which they had been called. And so that's what these letters were written for. We know in Galatians 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the first one is what? Love. Yeah. And so why don't we just stand for a moment? But we, we live as the local church that's really the global church in the nexus of heaven and earth. We live at the connection point of heaven and earth. If you didn't have the church in the world today, I mean, you think it's about, you think if there's chaos in the world today, you pull the church out, it would be, it'd be lights out, man. Because what are we doing here? We're here inviting the presence of the Lord. And I, and I want to say there's different expressions, different churches. Don't assume that if a, a church doesn't look like our church, that they're not inviting the presence of the Lord. A church could be reflective and sit quietly and the presence of the Lord. I don't know if you ever walked into something like that. It's just so beautiful. And so it could look different than us, but the churches in the earth representing Jesus, inviting God's presence in. And it's in light of our understanding of the church, of, of this dwelling place as a colony of heaven, that we need, the call is to live and to serve and to give and to be together in a way that begins to, to create an environment for more of the presence of God. And so I want to just say to you, every single person, as we've done the heart for the house, you are important to the whole. Your part, whatever that is, and whatever season you're in, and you know, people do different parts in different seasons, but whatever your season is, your part is important to building what God wants to build here in this local church that is just one representation of the body of Christ. But we are called to build here. We, you, you need to weave somewhere. And if you're, if you're here and you're not sure if this is gonna be your church, well, pray about it. And if God tells you to be here, then weave yourself into this place. Yeah. Weave in, get connected, build relationships, begin to serve, begin to give, do all of those things. Because as we do that, there is this presence and this power that is released. We don't just attend we are. We are, guys. We are. We are. We are this intricate pattern, this intricate thing that God is weaving together that will change this planet, that will release revival into the globe. The prayer earlier about Finney, uh, that's, that's my heart as well. I want to see a revival like in the time of Finney. And you know the great thing about that particular revival is it said, I've read where there were up to like 1,500 different revivals burning at the same time in the northeast of the United States. 
What does that tell me? They were like these localized revival expressions bursting everywhere. It wasn't just one church and everybody went there. No, it was literally burning across the Northeast. There was one area they called the burned over area because revival had burned so much of everything and everybody had basically gotten saved everywhere. And the evangelists were like, we don't have anything else to do here. Like Finney's like, I don't need to go back there. And that, that thing is like, it has been burned over. Amen. But I want to end with this. I want to, can we sing a song? I don't know if, I don't know if a musician come up here. It's just a simple song. Y'all probably all know it. If you just sing it with me, I can do it a cappella. I could get Laverne up here if nobody is available. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, we can do this thing. But I want to sing the song, I, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. But I want to do something a little different with this. At the end, it says, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. And I want to sing it, let it be a sweet, I want to let us, let us be a sweet, sweet sound. Let us. I love you, Lord. I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul rejoice. Take joy, my king, in what you hear. Let us be a sweet sweet sound in your ear. Could we sing that together? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let us be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let's sing it one more time. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy. My King, in what you hear, let us be a sweet, sweet sound. Let us be a sweet, sweet sound. One more time. Let us be a sweet sweet sound in your ear. Whoa. <laughs> lovely presence. Y'all feel the lovely presence of the Lord? Wow. <laughs> Let us be that sound, that sweet, sweet sound. Let our part in your church Lord, be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. 
in this city, on this planet. God, may what happens here, may your presence filling this place not just be heard out there, but be heard in your ear. And God, may it please you. May it please you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I just, just enjoy, I want to just encourage you tonight, if you're here, as you go, just enjoy him. He's so pleased. He's so pleased with us, and he knows we're going to make messes. He knows we're going to make mistakes. He knows sometimes we're not going to do it right, but he's so pleased because we come to him, and we allow him to change us into his image. Amen. I don't really know how to end this, but if you need prayer, we'll have some of our team come up. If you just want to bask some more in the presence of the Lord, you are welcome to do that. Amen. Love you guys. It's a privilege. Let me just say it's a privilege for me to be a part of this local, global expression of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. I love being a part. Amen. Doesn't mean I always do it right, but I love being a part. Bless you guys. Love you guys. Honor you guys. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.